1: And welcome along to this, the eighth and final episode in Season 1 of Overlooked and Undercooked, a podcast wherein myself, Kyle Montgomery, and my friend Tim Bat and Rob Schneider's attempt to shake up the TV show business model by self-funding, producing, directing, and starring in his semi-autobiographical TV show, Real Rob. We've just watched the eighth and final episode of Season 1, and we were joined by the wonderful Carlo Ritchie. Hello, guys. Hello, Carlo. Is well, that
2: Carlo Ritchie from Hosting? That's the one. That's me. Far out. Yeah. A real superstar in our mix. <laughs> well, Get that a lot. We Get that. P- yeah.
1: We put our differences aside over a lovely helping
3: a real Rob. <laughs> it's really... It's, it's... What a savior to our relationship in many ways.
1: Oh, yeah. We were on the... We were on the... what it? On the Ritz? On the Fritz? Ritz? I have to say
3: it's...
2: On the Fritz. On the rocks? Your relationship yeah, on, the, on, the on the rocks. Is it on the Fritz? Is that a saying? Yeah, on the Fritz. of something's... Yeah, a bit I don't crazy, know about
3: on the fritz.
1: Well, I guess we all know different things. <laughs>
2: Carlo, you were a little bit confused by this show because we didn't give you any context. We no, but I, I feel like this, it. it
3: was so well written that I could kind of pick up a lot of the backstory and plot line as we went through it. Yeah, it's a
2: dense, rich tapestry that they've
3: yeah. To be woven honest, together. I was surprised to, to hear in the intro that he he not only wrote it and directed, it, but also funded it himself. Um, <laughs> I
1: mean, that is. That really speaks for how, how dedicated he was to this project. This is, this is the I? first question. Do you have a, an overwhelming desire to go back and see the seven episodes, to provide yourself with the context necessary? Not one bit. <laughs> so not, um, and you came in with an open mind. Look, I I say I
3: I came in this fresh. It didn't really need to do much to to take it out the line, but... Um, that was a certainly... How long was that? It felt like... That was 33 of our Earth minutes, <laughs> Carlo Ritchie. Well, 33 minutes can't get back, I suppose.
1: <laughs> in the real Rob world, you know, there's no saying how how much time passed. Yeah, that was that wild
3: time jump thing that <laughs> they had you through are, that whole episode.
2: Uh, you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, Carlo? <laughs> I, am, I haven't really watched much Dragon Ball Z. There was a, a place you go to train in Dragon Ball Z which had a hyperbolic time chamber where you could kind of go in and it was, you know... Three minutes, but you'd spend seven years in their training. The Narnia of martial arts training, you got it. Far yeah. There was the a, like there. There. There was
1: a main challenge of the hyperbolic gravity chamber was there was a Turkish delight everywhere, and you had to resist. And there was no. <laughs> and it was
2: always
3: winter. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's no greater. Li- yeah, I mean, there are a lot of similar. And there was a lion called Aslan.
3: Yeah, yeah. There seems like a lot of similarities <laughs> between Dragon Ball Z and uh, and uh, Narnia.
1: No, I think of it, I don't even know what Dragon Ball Z is. I think I'm just describing Narnia. <laughs> So the back of a cupboard.
2: Hey, well, Dragon Ball Z all takes yeah, place in the back of a cupboard.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's correct.
3: And
2: ironically, so did this episode of the show. <laughs> Way to get us back on track, Carlo. Can you take us through the beats of what happened in this show from
1: top to bottom?
2: So, um, and really chuck that mic in front of your mouth because it's very echoey in here. Um, so the thing that <laughs> all right, easy on. I don't need to criticize the cavernous. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we are recording from inside of a cave, of course.
3: Yeah, that's, things have gotten pretty dire <laughs> at the, up top, as we call it. But we're hoping that someone gets these emergency broadcasts. <laughs> so sorry to keep so, uh, uh, To go into into the show, yeah, I, I think did it open on him going for lunch. Yeah. Or was that, no, no, it, I...
1: opens, it opens in the world of the sitcom that he's creating. That's right, that's show, right.
3: So. I mean, it's a very important beat of the show. It opened up in the sitcom that he's created. Uh, it gets a tape by Zombies, which um, happened there. Then there was uh, someone who forgot his line and Rob was pretty irate
1: <laughs> with that, may I say. Well, yeah. Had you seen the previous seven episodes, you'd know that this guy's got quite a temper <laughs> and he's not afraid to show it unedited and uncut.
3: Yeah, look, I mean, in a nutshell, it was, it was the, he had lost all of his money, was bankrupt, had to try and piece it all together. Mm. A delightful uh, series of events unraveled from that point and...
1: What was the resolution of the episode? I mean, what what did we see? How we left? I feel
2: like you glossed over a lot as well. You went there were zombies at the opening of a sitcom, and then it was broken. Here we it are.
3: all kind of chimed into a single <laughs> white noise in my mind.
2: <laughs> can you
1: hum the frequency of that? Ep? It's quite an annoying noise. I feel like that. Like a, can I say quickly? Uh, I thought that the sitcom was probably had the promise to be a more enjoyable it might have just been Variety but it had the promise to be a more enjoyable oh, I show. wanted to
2: stay in it I wanted to see what was going on with those uh, what did they describe them as Vambys Vambies. Vambies. There was or a zompire. Zompires. A Zompire. There was a... What I, do you know what I did enjoy though? When he was on the set of the sitcom, he's interfacing with the writer of the show. So, Carla, what you've missed is there's been a lot of network meetings and stuff that Rob had to go to. That's to a this. real
3: shame because that's for me the best part of any sitcom <laughs> Absolutely. is sort of seeing the... Seeing the behind the scenes. process of where it was made.
2: And there was a lot of back and forth about Rob trying to get his idea for putting his life onto a TV show. Um and, and the network's note was to have these supernatural villains in it the mm-hmm. the zombies and the vampires and then to have that back and forth with the writer where he's like the writer's like Rob I know funny and this is funny <laughs> yeah. I was like I want this is good I like this <laughs> comment. so
1: yeah the writer had a line which was I was head writer on She Stole My Face and that was a genuine
2: laugh line for
1: both Carlo and Tim <laughs> it's a
3: funny name for a show <laughs> yeah, describe yeah. that show Carlo uh, it's a kind of neo-noir horror film uh, in which a damsel comes in to the detective's office, um, and he goes, "Come into the light," and she steps in and has no face, oh. and it, you, the laughs it just keep rolling from there. <laughs> let me <tell> you
1: <laughs> so it's just so she's stealing faces to cover her the blank slate that is her face. That's
3: right, yeah. Um, and this is a this is a, this, da- this femme fatales come in, is like, oh, my face is gone we got to investigate it. you got to bring me my face before the next full moon. You know, all the classic tropes of a good
1: comedy. <laughs>
2: yeah. <you
3: know?
1: laughs> it sounds immensely watchable. It sounds very good. The The other laugh line that followed immediately after that that got both of you guys again, Tim, you're in a real laughing mood today, which I love, mm-hmm. was uh, you're nice people. I like you. You're tall, good-looking Jews. You're good for the tribe.
2: That's what I laughed
3: at. You're good for the tribe. You're also both blonde. I don't know where that came yeah. in.
1: Yeah, that's right. And that, I mean, I I agree. Like, this is all still in the world of the sitcom. This was the closest we got to a well-made comedy in the season.
2: Can I try and uh, defend my position of a laugh at that point? The rest of the show, every attempt at comedy is so surface level. It's like slapstick or just crazy him being racist on a (laughs) stand-up stage while doing a bad impression of his wife. Which we know the impression is terrible because he's just showing a scene of his wife talking. <laughs> yeah. But with this, it was like an attempt at a—I uh, don't know—sort of an an inward. It was like a reflection on him and a broader sort of social commentary thing. And it was like you're giving some other the, shit a go. The good the on the sitcom you. thing, you're sinking your teeth. No, no, no. The the comment about the, oh, you're, the, you're yeah. tall, good-looking Jews. Yeah, you're yeah. good for the tribe. It just caught me off guard. I was like, this hasn't been attempted before. I like
1: it. He, well, the, the sitcom, presumably, was Rob's attempt. Because, as we, as we well know, this is him shaking up the industry. Obviously, after years of frustration at these sort of meddling network executives. What level are you
2: talking in? Because he's trying to shake up the industry with the show we watched. Well, no, but so inside the world of the show he's the show, just made it a sitcom. I'm talking about
1: the show we watched but inside okay. of it the sitcom that he's made is so heavily compromised by these notes from network execs saying you gotta put supernatural stuff in it this is a cry for like this is like he's providing the evidence as to why the show we've watched exists ah. do you think that this whole film like that well, film this whole series it's filmic Is <laughs> a filmic touch <laughs> of the scope. certainly the Maison
3: scene <laughs> was, was mm, ah, beautiful um but do you think the whole thing is smarter than us like it's all an I, inward joke and the 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 punchline no, being like, no, like i still no. got heaps of
1: money in a box i, yeah. I don't know yes. <laughs> like yes. nothing
3: matters to me your world is
2: rubbish he does Love he is this. obsessed
1: with being rich in the show which is why him losing all of his money in this episode was like there was the biggest attempt he could make to to draw
2: some empathy out of the audience what so, so mm. What sucks is that they didn't drill into him taking on his family who have bled him dry. He's had yeah. one previous mention of his family who he refers he is, to from memory as fame whores and thieves. He's always to trashing on his family. It's, cra- it's a crazy thing to put in your autobiographical <laughs> yeah. series about your own life. And uh, in this one, so his his wife, Max, is, or she goes to buy some wine for her big opening night for the review show, and she can't pay for the wine because all the credit cards maxed out, and this leads to Rob finding out that his family have been fleecing him for years so somehow they got a credit card attached to his account first of all that's not a thing yeah, the people are secretly using you your accounts. you can't go to that i couldn't go to the bank and go uh yeah i just want to grab a credit card attached to my brother's <laughs> bank accounts is that cool yeah great not a thing at all for good reason this yeah. happens yeah yeah it is an odd
3: thing as well i also like that he's never in the years up to this point checked his bank statement not once or, or, but with, as soon as it's revealed to him he can point him like yes that is one of my transactions I can read that in a bank chart you know? yeah there Look-
2: was a good gag actually it was like <laughs> Who bought a hooker on a credit card? Who spent this amount at something? Who spent two thousand dollars at a Whole Foods? Oh, wait a minute, that was me. That was not a good gag, Tim.
1: That was—you didn't laugh. I was right there when you laughed. You didn't even laugh at Mate, it in the I show. I think
2: I'm being sarcastic, but I'm so
1: browbeaten. No, don't even know at this point. <laughs> no, that was that was sort of something within Rob's rule of fives, which we also saw again in this episode. And again and again Yeah It was sort of like Any and scene again, Was just like Just revert to that We could almost call it Seeing as the season Last eight episodes Rob's rule of eight So the first <laughs> one Isn't funny Keep going Because eventually One of them will be
2: I actually thought This episode And Carlos Sorry to chip you out Of this portion Of the discussion But no. I thought This episode Compared very favorably To the rest of the season
1: For reference though We have We had like a Two week break So yes. we watched Six episodes in one day <laughs> And then like Correct. one, two weeks later. So this, this, is, was, this was always going to have an easier, a softer landing.
3: I have only watched one episode and I hope that I never watch another episode again. <laughs> well, I don't know how this rates to the rest of the series, but I'm not really, frankly, I don't really
2: want to find out. Very well. I would call this potentially the best episode of the season. Well, <laughs> wow. so,
1: so in the last episode of the podcast, uh, also in the last episode of the show, we were speculating as to whether or not Ryan Gosling would... Uh, appear. I believe Carl Donnelly owes me
2: $5. I think it's me. I think I am the ower of the $5. Oh, well, there you go.
1: But uh, So, Ryan Gosling features heavily in this, or the idea of Ryan Gosling features heavily, because Rob's wife is opening this uh, male strip club, which she's been working towards all season, just toiling away in the background, mostly to provide context for Rob to make his vaguely, hom- well, quite outwardly homophobic jokes. Mm. Uh, and Rob's promised that Ryan Gosling will make an appearance For quite a significant sum of money 300,000 US dollars So he discovers After being broke He's like Well I can't get Ryan Gosling And so they are forced to scramble And the way they scramble is, And you <laughs> noticed You called this at the top of the luncheon Didn't you? That's, that's
3: right. right Well I said that There's a very active background Of that homeless man You know that's, yeah. he, There was a story there There was plot There was movement Bless you
2: Thank you And uh, I'm allergic to people saying good things about the show <laughs> The thing is, though, this, this show has been so unskillfully shot up till now that I think both Guy and I were like, ah, oh, here's another thing they've fucked up. They got some extra who's hopped up on Coca Cola acting up a storm in the background window of this uh, lunch. And meet. To their credit,
1: because they obviously they were never going to get Ryan Gosling, the guy they got looks a lot like Ryan Gosling. Didn't make you take a second. French,
2: but second Fuck take. me, did that guy look like Ryan Gosling? <laughs> Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He really did. And
1: beyond that, he was homeless, which was a great source of multiple gags from Mm. both Rob and his assistant, Jamie. It's uh, certainly an area ripe for gags, you know, (laughs) especially if
3: you're making a show about being broke and not having any money. It's really the
1: perfect target. It's difficult to emphasize, you know, just how little Rob cares about anyone who isn't Rob in this show.
2: Carlo Alice Sneddon, New Zealand comedian, asked us uh, at one point when we told her about this show, "Do you guys think you might be punching down, uh, whereby we, you make fun of someone who's at a lower status than yourself?" This is literally an episode where they just offload onto street people, yeah, people yeah. sleeping so, rough.
1: Well, accordingly, I'd like to ask you, Carlo, do you think are we punching up? I'd say punching up. Come on, guys, it's Rob
3: Schneider. You know, he's the guy that in the films of uh, adam sandler used to yell uh you can do it that's him of course you're punching
1: up you get to yell you can do it in a bag of adam sandler and you can just and it's that, improv that line that was improv <laughs> i don't doubt it one of the other thing he says in this <laughs> just before discovering he's broke uh he's bragging how rich he is again he says i have enough money i did 17 movies with adam sandler Beautiful honest moment in the film Mm. Well the honesty
2: comes next Because his agent says Fuck Adam Sandler (laughs)
1: yeah that's as close as Rob will write jibes at Adam Sandler for other people in his show to
2: say exactly he can't risk you can't tell he can't it, risk. it he's made
1: 17 films that's the
3: bulk of his income
2: his oh overwhelmingly that is also like his fingerprints are all over it. He, he, he wrote and directed and produced this show you can't feed the line to someone else and hide behind that like you haven't constructed that comment on Adam Sandler come it? on Adam you know how the industry works you know how these productions get put together that's Rob Rob's telling you that Adam that's knows, Rob's commentary
1: Adam knows as well as anyone how to just muck around with your friends on set it looks this is the thing so Grown Ups 2 it looked like they at least had fun on set because they were all friends who are just like making millions of dollars hanging out at a. S- they were laughing at us yeah but real Rob it does not It's there's no like because it didn't the, the on screen chemistry of Grown Ups 2
2: didn't necessarily work it didn't make for an enjoyable viewing experience but you're like well at least they had a good time doing it here we go Grown Ups too is a passion project without the passion. Real Rob is a passion project without the project. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Scathing. <laughs> it's just someone who wants to do something who's unable to do it. But, you know, he probably gave it his
3: best shot, didn't he? I you guess know? so. Well, well, you, you got to... two seasons
2: out of it. Carlo, let me ask you this. What did you make of, of Rob Schneider's real-life wife who's on this show? Because oh. I'm enamored by her.
3: Oh, yeah. She's she's an interesting character, isn't she? She is. It makes me fascinated to know if Rob Schneider is married in real life. And oh,
2: that's her.
1: That's his real
3: wife. Yeah. That's why so I say
2: her re- his, the, real life his real wife. That's his real wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The show, she co wrote the show. The show, Carlo. she co wrote it.
1: It was written by Rob, Patricia, and Jamie Lasso, who plays his assist- hapless his assistant, who's just a dumping ground. Yeah, he really gets shat on, doesn't he? Oh man, does he? What I mean, you haven't seen these other episodes, but he is literal. Like he is, he is Rob Schneider and Rob Schneider's own show. Yeah,
2: it's a vasectomy and a colonoscopy on on Rob's behalf. I can't I can't even remember who it was on that episode, but they said the follow-up should have been, uh, he has to get a lobotomy before he gets one tested out. Imagine if the rest of the show was just a lobotomized personal assistant for Mr. Schneider. Imagine if that was the show from there on in. A guy who has no frontal lobe. Trying to navigate, into the world Trying to navigate The world of tasks it's literally, Like laundry and stuff It's like A mindless If oh only for God. the purpose
1: To expand the bullseye That Rob has firmly pinned On Jamie's back It's I like feel- How can I create myself More opportunities To make fun of someone give a I'll PA remove a, their frontal
2: lobe. Give low. a PA An IQ of 17 And then put them out In the world In charge of <laughs> tasks For Rob Schneider That's a show I would follow. It's Rob Schneider Finding a way To to
1: literally make fun of like mentally handicapped people in front of everyone. He loves it. He loves it. I reckon he pitched that idea. I reckon he did. I think he did too. It's not entirely unlikely.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge
1: advocate for hiring an objective professional, licensed professional, Tell my problems to So that when they tell me what they think,
2: I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. Better help have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, guy? I started doing therapy during uh there
1: was a pandemic. I don't know if you remember. And the benefits were immediate and long lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in
2: stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today
1: to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, slash all time. The, the other thing that, or you again, you wouldn't have known this, but what frustrated me is he abandoned all of the devices he had used in previous episodes. Oh, so you're right. There's no Talking Heads in this. So in other episodes, he uses like talking reality TV style heads, like, like interviews.
2: Yeah, they go down the camera, <laughs> and and address they, down to the down the barrel. Also, oh like stand looking up, at you, Ferris Bueller
1: style. Intercut with stand-up, but it's, it's not quite Ferris Bueller because it's like Talking Heads. But then another time, he did break the fourth wall, Ferris Bueller style. He also That's would true. intercut him doing stand-up comedy on what looked like a sound stage to know people and then in this episode all it was was like let's have a crack at pathos like let's let's put some jazz music underneath what's happening and hope it passes as genuine it's, emotion this is like a sitcom by numbers
3: just it fill it all in put everything in and see how i've it seen
2: works. this done on a show before i watched survivor there's a bit where they talk to the camera yeah i feel
3: like the. will that in He's like, there's that great episode of Seinfeld where they pitch a show about nothing. What if I stretch that out to eight seasons and put every every single possible thing from a sitcom in the last 20 years in?
2: Most unsatisfying part of this episode, they name-check a lot of famous comedians and don't put any of them in this app. They talk a lot about Norm Macdonald replacing him on his mm-hmm. own sitcom when he bails out and we don't get to you see got him a, again. And you got to chuckle out of that Who's, too. Norm would be great for the job. Oh, yeah, that was because... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so the network. It, the, Rob has one day on set, hates the show, bails, quits, causes um, manager, and he's like, "You got to get me out of this contract," and so he gets replaced. Uh, and and yeah, and his assistant is like, "He he would be and then he slaps him. That yeah. was the bit that cracked me out. He up. loves to slap mm-hmm. his assistant. But that hadn't happened in an episode before I was caught off guard. The slapping wasn't when a callback? When he says Norm would be great for the show. Instant bomb. Not even a beat goes by, Bomb. get slapped. That's funny stuff, that was guys. Funny stuff. <laughs> That's someone getting physically Hurt in the well, yeah, that, it got, and the mood
1: that obviously That got you in the mood Because you got another Real good chuckle When the Ryan Gosling Lookalike was <laughs> doing his dance And a lady goes To approach him on the stage And he just like Puts he his He
2: kicked <laughs> her in the face yeah, but there was Never There's, dealt with There was never A no, follow shot No Never kind of finding out and Everyone I would never want to see that in real life. I hate like America's Funniest Home videos and, and, and fail armies. And I love Fail and Army. I hate those shows because it's just people getting injured and I hate seeing people getting injured in the in the real world. But when it's like depicted on screen, fuck it cracks me up. He just booted someone in the face <laughs> apropos And all nothing. the other
1: women continue to go wild. There was one so in a previous episode, at the very mention, I think, of Ryan Gosling. Uh, it, uh, they're being served at like a store some mm-hmm. sort of I can't remember exactly what the store was but the lady the lady behind the counter they say the name Ryan Gosling and she f- has a full blown orgasm on hearing about Ryan Gosling that's the power that that name carries you know it's incredible but, so in this episode there was a one of the extras of the 20 extras they hired for the big launch of the the male all male strip club uh, a woman was grunting as though the suggestion of an orgasm was to arrive, but they cut away. Before, like they exercise some, I guess.
3: I have a, I have a question. So when you were when you guys were explaining me the backstory of this, the, I I was under the impression that that was just like a one off show that strip show, but that is a club. She's, She's opening first, a strip club. Yeah,
1: it's the it's the first time we saw the club. But yes,
2: you're right. Yeah, it's the opening of the club.
1: That's the opening night
3: of which, a club. so she exist. now owns she a strip owns club. This
2: club. <laughs> Which will now keep going. This is mind-boggling. <laughs> I,
1: I, oh god! Didn't they make it yeah. all so obvious? For, didn't they neatly catch you up throughout
3: the episode? <laughs> yeah. I thought that it was just a show that she had been preparing for. You well like could the,
2: be forgiven for that. So, so that is
3: the opening of a, a all-male strip club. Yeah, that, she, that, that Patricia she owns,
2: owns and runs. It's her. Job. And the
3: premise of this show was the
1: fact that they were bankrupt.
3: Well, that was this episode. episode.
1: They've been rich the whole...
3: They've made a real
2: point of
1: explaining how rich and famous... Well, they're still rich at the end of this. Like, it's a great
3: little... Oh, actually,
2: explain what happens, Carlo.
3: Oh, yes. So, uh, Rob and Patrice... Did you say Patrice? Patrice? Patricia. Patricia in bed. They're talking about how they're going to have to do some budgeting. They use, as uh, you point out, the classic uh, Rob Schneider rule of five. Different funny options. Uh, (laughs) Getting funnier every one, I think. (laughs) Um... And Do you the- remember any of them? Maybe fly- Of the show we just finished <laughs> watching? Maybe fly business class instead of first class some of the time. And I think we can all agree. That's relatable humor. The That's very idea of it is preposterous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Patricia reveals that she has been saving... I don't know how much do you reckon was in there A couple of hundred thousand dollars
2: Hard to say But yeah uh, yeah.
3: Like those I mean they're, they're notes of money So they've got to be stacks of they, The most that could be is a hundred dollar bill You'd say they're a hundred dollar bill So there's probably like Ten thousand sta- dollars yeah, in there
2: What is in the, How many notes are in a stack You know a traditional television stack of cash How many notes are we doing I reckon it's,
1: you, you probably have Is I'd it a hundred? You'd have a hundred of hundreds
2: So that's ten grand per stack
1: Gee whiz
2: There's a so, hundred
1: You reckon there's a hundred in a stack
2: yeah, I reckon there could be. It is paper after uh, true. all. True. Although papers, you know, how many pap-
3: How many
1: sheets of paper
3: are in when you buy an A4 block
1: what? for your printer? To that I say, Carla you know, how many? How many cabs in New York City? How <laughs> many angels on a
2: pen Exactly where my mind went. Also <laughs> this will be confusing for everyone who hasn't uh, listened to this so fantastic you- podcast series. Hosting. I just quickly like to say, I don't
1: know if you guys had a, a moment that jumped out at you, but I really enjoyed when that song. Uh, I think it was. Oh, it was the song that Jamie started uh, stripping to when Ryan Gosling went rogue, or homeless Ryan Gosling went rogue. It's by Ottawa. It's a song called uh, "Hands Up, Give Me Your Heart." Mm. Do you remember? I, yeah, I can't quite remember the, the tune now. It's gone. But it was how did you find that song? Well, I remember, I remember the 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 lyrics, and I Googled, I'm going to put it. I'll play it briefly. Within coffee. that's like when I. we were humming after the show, right? Hands up! Here we go.
2: It's
1: this.
2: I thought this was just stock music for an idiot.
1: Hands up, put your hands up.
2: Give me your
1: heart, give me, give me. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I don't know if that's the right version. That sounds like a MIDI yeah. sort of version. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, fuck, that's a big track. There's you a that. F- well, like moments before, they'd used a cheap. Garage band version of the Drive soundtrack Because obviously mm. Rob Schneider was running Maybe that's why the 8th episode was about running out of budget Because this one Oh, because he actually did Like there were no extras at the at the launch of the club
2: The club was no so celebrity sparsely populated It was a name. very small
3: club You'd we- feel
1: uncomfortable
2: We were to Lead to be believed that this was This was a huge night for Patricia This was like She was supposed to sell the place out And it was First of all cabaret seating Which I kind of I get because of the venue Mm-hmm but there just wasn't the space for tables, guys. Is it Let's mi- get the chairs out. I feel
3: like it was a mistake in the shooting because they could have got away with it if they had only shot from the crowd. But True. But they really insisted on getting some POVs. They didn't
2: try and cheat it at all. Yeah. So <laughs> you knew there was you 19 one <laughs> in total at this opening night.
1: Small room
2: too. Tiny just, little room. There's literally not enough space in the bar. How are you going to clear enough Booze To keep this thing running Mm. She's got to pay the boys She's got to pay the boys Everyone's got to pay the boys And those boys Will demand a princely sum Because they were very good
3: Although one of them She's blackmailing With the possibility Of sending him home To I want to say Russia
1: That's just That's No it's somewhere in It's either German or Austrian I think But uh, Mm. that's just her sense of humour which she gets she,
2: a lot from her uh, husband no I'm with Carla on this one she explicitly said I'm not kidding that's how you know a and joke then it is over straight
3: God. down the barrel boom bang joke's over guys <laughs> yeah.
1: go home joke's so, this over is, this is what is happening in our country right now <laughs> well so but, but, but did either of you guys have a moment that stood out to you in the same way that Ottawa hands up give me your heart yeah, stood out to me a
2: woman got kicked in the face <laughs> by a homeless Ryan Gosling if there's not comedy you know Maybe I need to go back to working for the tax department because <laughs> they're me pink.
3: They have been, they've been phoning you all this time, man. Uh, if they want me back. They're really keen. I, I don't know if I had a standout moment, to be honest with you. I think actually the fact that he drives a Tesla, I think it was a, quite a progressive message he, yeah. in a show that is I mean, pretty problematic well, just from the 33 minutes that I just watched.
1: what, what would you, If you could say something to Rob Schneider right now, what would you say? Buddy, come on! What are you doing, mate?
3: Pull your head in, buddy. Come on. Would you get get in someone to help you write this thing, mate?
1: You, yeah, you said very very coyly. You said during the show, "Who would have thought that the guy who you would show up to say you can do it in those Adam Sandler movies,
2: yeah, could not write a film, (laughs) could not write a series, yeah, not me." Well, yeah, fool me once, shame on you. That's true, though. I know you guys are being facetious, but. As youngins We thought Rob Schneider had it well, And maybe a, he did have he it He did There
1: was a four year period on SNL When he ha- he had some version of it He's
2: a good performer He just can't write I reckon Or direct or produce He's unlikable He An is unlikable. unlikable And he doesn't know it What about What was that What was that
3: Standalone film he did Where he Bruce Juice Bigelow, Bigelow Bruce Bigelow Bruce Bigelow <laughs> Mal Gigelow the Yeah they changed his name In Australia Yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> make yeah. it make it a bit more tantalizing for the juice. Aussie That's lances. not a
3: name, it's, <laughs> it's a drink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't hear we
1: call them Bruce.
2: Bruce. Yeah, Bruce Bigelow, yeah. There were three of those, I think. There was definitely two. There were two. He had European Gigolo. It was yeah, but anyway, yeah. So did you, you were you were on board for that? You're on board for Deuce or Bruce Bigelow. I mean that was a big film in the Huge. day. It was big.
3: People went to the
1: cinema to see that.
2: The animal was big-ish. Actually, yeah. the animal wasn't as big as some of his other ones. The hot chick. The
1: hot chick was pretty people, big. People was went, a prom- they th- saw that it. That was a promising premise as well. Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. for those of you who are playing along at home, on a budget of $17 million, made <laughs> $92.9 million. Holy shit. $17 million seems low as fuck. Seems,
3: seems big. Seems big to me I, I mean I don't have 17 million dollars That's a good
2: point Neither do I
1: No one's ever given me 17 it million dollars It was directed too. by Mike Mitchell A director who's
2: otherwise uh, Very well known For directing The Spongebob movie You can hear the googling Happening in real time mm. Which I like. This is like when people say Of course As a, as a um, crutch As a verbal crutch When they're trying to buy themselves well, time Well of course you'd say that <laughs> No, because you this is are a piece of shit. You go, uh, you go, Rob Schneider, famous for the hot chick, Deuce Bigelow, and of course, uh, um, uh, uh, all his cameos in the ad. Don't say, of course, is your verbal crutch if you're using it to buy time, because it's the opposite. This is the last thing in the list. You're buying time to think of a thing that was hard to remember. Of course, is the wrong verb So, so if you're
3: one of the people using that, Tim's really put you to task. Yeah, it's (laughs) really. What would
1: what would you rather do, Tim? What would you rather that was said? Um, um, and um, bring it back because what? Because of its honesty, its raw, unbridled. (laughs) I just nodded into the
2: podcast. Nod into the mic, yes, guy. What if you said, uh, "And need we forget?" What about that? And need we forget. And need we forget. And lest we forget. And lest we forget. Lest we forget all the sensational camera. At least we forget buys you more time and makes you sound more like sophisticated. And as well. need I mention? And uh dare, dare we dare we say Dare <laughs> Did we, we say delve into but look, at the end of the day, Rob Schneider's out there trying his best. He's made a whole second season of this show. Would you I imagine, cannot Carl? believe that. And I want you to try and predict what the arc is going to be.
1: Based on the the clues you were given by the one episode you've seen. Um, they're going to take all that cash um, down
3: which to... Patricia's been hiding Patricia's been hiding in, away. In they're going to take it to Vegas or Atlantic City. And they're going to try and win big. Reclaim their fortune. Love it. That's going to get... A little bit tough for them, and they're going to be trapped to stay in, va- in. Let's say Atlantic City. They're going to have to. They're going to be trapped to stay there. Rob's going to have to take up a job as a detective, <sighs> and then one day into his office will walk this woman with no face, and then he'll he'll look down the camera and go cut, and will reveal that the whole series was this, this series of face. she saw my face.
2: Whoa! That is some meta mis- <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I love that they left the breadcrumb, but it was so subtly <laughs> strewn on the path that I didn't pick it up. Well, yeah, you
1: gotta be you gotta be
3: clicked Carlo, in for the Carlo real sharp. Rob.
2: He's sharp, you guys. You pay attention to Carlo Ritchie. It's truly, something to look forward to. Uh, have you got anything else to say on reflection, Tim? I want to say this show shouldn't exist. And even though Netflix probably got told to, uh, I mean, sorry, probably Netflix got paid to put it on the network. In mm. addition to not having to pay for any of the production, I still think they should have said no because it is. Lessening the brand Mm. I mean from the color grade To the script To the edit To pulling focus correctly in a shot (laughs) They've failed on multiple counts I don't think it's so bad Carlo, do you want to um, plug anything while you're here?
3: Yes, please If I could Um, Well, you
2: actually can't It was a joke Damn it (laughs)
3: Uh, One of your classic pranks Yeah, you've been been done
2: Pull back and reveal Well,
3: in that case Then no No, nothing to plug um, thanks guys what just if you were allowed to plug anything what would you say um, off I, mic
1: or we'll just edit this yeah, out yeah just off record guys. we'll, we'll <laughs> edit this bit out yeah
3: if you uh, I've got a podcast called the Bear Pack podcast with myself and Steen Raskopoulos we just improvise a 30 minute short play it's um, look it's better than it's better than the show we just watched
1: but S- how much better who's to say who's to say maybe if you're lucky Rob Schneider will do a podcast where he analyzes each episode hopefully that that that's the dream. That'll be a big gift for you. Yeah, guys. That'd be huge. <laughs> Any other podcasts you want to promote?
3: Um, well, of course, that's hosting that we do with uh, this guy from New Zealand. Uh, you know him. Uh, a good friend of mine. Yeah. A good guy. Um, it's, that's a fun podcast.
1: And you've wronged him before. Well, maybe he wronged me. Who's to say?
3: Um, but yeah, other than that, that that's, that's That's it. it. That's yeah. literally it. Yeah. I listened to an amazing uh, podcast the other day. Um, it's this it was a
1: this American life. Okay. Yeah, that's that'll do, it, I think. So yeah, yeah alright, <laughs> we're just gonna take that off you then. I'd like to leave you on the on the great words of Rob Schneider, spoken within the show Real Rob. He says I quit. I couldn't take the writing. <laughs>